0: E4E is brought to you by the University of Delaware Partnership for Public Education. In an effort to increase the availability and accessibility of UD expertise to Delaware's P-12 educators, leaders, and policy influencers, we have invited faculty members from the University of Delaware's nine colleges to share their research. We hope you enjoy today's critical conversation and consider ways you might be able to leverage relevant research and UD expertise to advance policy and transform practice. My name is Dr. Anastasia Pernton. I'm the Associate Director of the Partnership for Public Education. I'll be the host for today's episode of the E4E podcast, which was produced by Sarah Daniels, a graduate student in the Biden School of Public Policy and Administration. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Amanda Jansen, a professor in the School of Education at the University of Delaware. Amanda's research primarily focuses on students' engagement in mathematics classrooms and teachers' learning from their reflections on their own practice. Having experience as a junior high mathematics teacher prior to her time at UD, Amanda is passionate about continually improving UD's elementary mathematics teacher education courses through research and development work. Today, Amanda will be discussing some of her recent research on secondary mathematics teacher perspectives on student engagement and the policy and practice implications of her findings. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mandy.
1: Thanks for having me, Anna. It's exciting to be able to talk with you all. Yes. So we've invited you here today to talk to
0: you about your article, Secondary Mathematics Teachers Descriptions of Student Engagement. And I'm wondering, before we start our questions, would you give us a little background on the study?
1: Thanks for asking. So this article is one study in a larger set of studies from a project that was funded by the National Science Foundation. The project was called Secondary Mathematics in the Moment Longitudinal Engagement Study. So our acronym was SMILES. And the purpose of this study was to understand mathematics teachers' practices of what they do to effectively engage high school students in learning math. And why we thought this sort of work would be important to do is that there's a lot of data that shows that students' motivation and engagement to learn and to learn math specifically tends to decline as students move through levels of schooling. So, if there were amazing teaching practices that teachers were putting into place in high school math classes that could disrupt these trends, we need to know about that. And so, we needed to investigate and understand amazing strategies that math teachers were using. And this study helped us understand teachers' thinking behind their strategies to motivate engaged students. So, this study was an interview portion of the research project where we Listen to the voices of 28 teachers in two states. One was in the Mid-Atlantic. You can probably guess which state that was. And the other was in the Southwestern United States. And in this interview study, we asked teachers to talk with us about what they thought engagement was, what strategies they used to engage students through self-report. And then they reflected on videos of their classroom lesson and talked about the student engagement during their lessons with us. So we were trying to understand their thinking about engagement from a variety of different perspectives in that interview.
0: That's awesome. I love the acronym SMILES. (laughs) So what did the interviews you conducted reveal about teachers' understanding of the purposes of student engagement?
1: So we learned from listening to the teachers that they didn't all have the same perspective on the goals for engaging students subtly revealed through their talk. Sometimes when teachers talked about the purpose of trying to engage students, they talked about it in different ways. So engagement is an interesting word, right? Because people can use this word and mean different things in the name of engagement. So unpacking what this word could mean could really help us understand why we do what we do when we're teaching, because we're trying to achieve specific goals underneath engagement. So when teachers talked about the purposes of engagement, sometimes they talked about engagement as what sounds more like compliance. I want students to behave appropriately and be on task and complete the tasks that I believe will be helpful for them to learn, right? If their talk about engagement sounded more like compliance, that was different from some other teachers who talked about the purpose of engagement was really deeper learning experiences engaging students they develop deeper mathematical understandings they seek connections and try to make sense out of things i'm fostering autonomy so students are self-regulating and that sounded pretty different and that was one way that we understood teachers different descriptions of engagement through this lens of purposes for engagement and this study can extend and build upon previous work so Lois Harris in 2011 published a paper in teaching and teacher education with secondary English teachers in Australia. And she found this contrast in those teachers' ways of thinking about engagement, learning versus schooling. And so it's interesting to compare and contrast what this sounds like in another content area. What do math teachers say about engagement? So we were able to use that lens as a starting point, thinking about what the purpose of engagement sound like with various high school math teachers. And actually the majority of the teachers did not talk about engagement as engagement with compliance or what Harris called engagement in schooling. Most of the teachers in our study tended to talk about engagement more as focused on learning, but it's a small study, right? So qualitatively what we're really looking for are concepts and ideas and ways of thinking about engagement, not really what's the trend.
0: Sure. So how were teachers' purposes of engagement and dimensions of engagement related? And then in addition, how do the purposes of engagement differ from the
1: dimensions of engagement? Right. So we also identify what we call the dimensions of engagement. So when you think about engagement, engagement could have both a form and a function. So a function of engagement is what we're trying to achieve when we're engaging students. So that's more of the purposes. So I'm trying to engage them in ways that they're complying with my expectations, or I'm trying to engage them in deeper learning. That's more the purposes of engagement. Students in school, they're always engaged in doing something. Are they engaged in doing what we want them to do, right? So compliance is something that we do think about for sure. So those are the purposes that we just talked about. But then Engagement also can manifest in different forms. So engagement is thought about in research literature and educational psychology as this multidimensional construct that can manifest in many different forms. So dimensions of engagement are those forms. So things like you often think behavioral engagement, right? Like on task. Sometimes engagement is studied by literally timing students on task behavior. That's behavioral. But there are many other dimensions of engagement, like Cognitive processes and how invested students are about making sense out of things or the connections they're making cognitively. And we can also think about affective, like students' emotional connections. Are they interested? Are they curious? That's a form of engagement. So it's typically these three dimensions that are talked about in research literature about engagement behavioral, cognitive, and affective. But recently, more educational psychologists have been advocating for a social dimension of engagement. My co authors and I also advocate for a social dimension of engagement to be considered. So, interactions in the classroom, how do we interact socially in ways that support our engagement with learning? So, those are the differences between purposes and dimensions. Purposes are the function of engagement. What are we trying to achieve? And the dimensions are more like the forms of engagement. What kinds of engagement are we thinking about? So, it turned out that the teachers that we talked to expressed Different dimensions for engagement or what they thought engagement looked like, sounded like, depending on the purposes that they thought about when they thought about engagement. So math teachers who talked about engagement in schooling for compliance purposes, they were more focused on this behavioral dimension of engagement, as I was talking about before, like on task and completing tasks. But they did talk about affective engagement, but affect was thought about emotions were thought about more as like a hook. I'm going to do a fun game to get students complying with what I need them to do, which is complete the work. In contrast, when a teacher talked about the purpose of engagement as learning, trying to understand, they talked about the forms of engagement or the dimensions of engagement in more about the cognitive processes involved, the social dynamics of the classroom that foster those cognitive processes they had more multidimensional they talked about more than one dimension at the same time and when they talked about affect and emotions it was more like an outcome not as a hook but more like if students are interacting with one another about their mathematical thinking and making these cognitive connections through interacting with one another then they're going to develop a deeper curiosity and interest and feel more connected to one another in mathematics so affect was more of an outcome of these interactions so there were more multidimensional expressions of the dimensions of engagement and then less attention to the behavioral. Some of the teachers expressed an awareness that you could think about engagement as behavioral engagement, but they didn't see that dimension as the most important.
0: So Mandy, this is really fascinating. How can teachers adopt perspectives of engagement that align with student engagement and learning? And How can teachers benefit from learning about the dimensions of engagement and the purposes of engagement?
1: So, one of the takeaways that some of the teachers who participated in our interviews said back to me was just being asked what they thought engagement could be provoked their thinking further, including watching the videos of their lessons and thinking about whether or not their students were engaged and how they knew. For instance, they started to think about what if I looked beyond behavior to think about what engagement could be? Because first of all, with our behavior, we could always fake it. We can pose. There's an idea called pseudo engagement. It looks like we're really working hard, but we're really like thinking about other things. And maybe it looks like we're taking notes, but like in my day, we would be writing notes for our friends. So looking beyond behavior and thinking about other dimensions of engagement, teachers that we worked with started to think about that quiet student that I used to not necessarily think that they were engaged. When I would look at their work and talk to them more, I realized they were deeply listening. So there were some cognitive processes going on that really alerted the teachers to think about how do we know that people are engaging and learning? What do we look for? What more evidence do we need? So you could be actively engaged and pretty quiet because you're thinking hard, right? So listening could count as some form of engagement and how we ask students to engage could reveal information to us about what we think engagement is. We could look at what our assumptions are about what counts as engagement, thinking about how we structure learning and manage the classroom. What messages are we sending to students about their role in the learning process And we interviewed a lot of really experienced teachers, but if I think back to myself and my early career as a math teacher, I was pretty focused on compliance in ways that I wish I could revise. I mean, I was pretty obsessed with helping them keep a really organized math notebook and the amount of time I was spent talking to them about how to set up their math book that really didn't have that much to do with the connections that they were making and then Sometimes I would visit a colleague's classroom and observe, and there would be these fascinating math conversations going on in small groups and classroom discourse, but to the untrained eye, it might look a little more chaotic than my classroom. So compliance doesn't always mean deep learning. And so thinking about what that relationship could be and what my assumptions are behind what I'm asking students to do is really I think, revealing for me and pushes me to think about engagement myself.
0: I was thinking the same thought you described as you were talking about this, like the way I've thought about engagement throughout my time working with students or in different spaces, like how that evolved or the context of engagement.
1: Thanks for sharing. I used to teach junior high math, and now I get the opportunity to keep learning about math teaching by working with teachers. And We're all very different than we were early in our careers, for sure, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: So we always like to close our discussion with a connection to Delaware. So we're wondering, what do your findings on teachers' descriptions of student engagement mean for Delaware schools, Delaware teachers, and Delaware students?
1: Well, first of all, as I shared earlier, the teachers in our study all had Most of them had pretty sophisticated conceptions about engagement, which made me really thankful that we are in this context in Delaware where we have really thoughtful math teachers that are open to keep collaborating, growing together with researchers. And so I'm really proud to have that opportunity to work with teachers. Specifically, one of the ways that I have spaces where I get to work with teachers is through an organization called the Delaware Math Coalition. What I would say to a math teacher, if anyone is looking for more community, even beyond their school, within their school or beyond, I would invite them to look up Delaware Math Coalition for events. Teachers in Delaware have such interesting opportunities to work with high quality curriculum materials. Teachers that I've connected with are really deeply invested in problem solving and building classroom communities where their students feel welcome and safe to take risks. So If teachers are looking for bigger communities outside their school, I would say the Delaware Math Coalition has been a space where I've been really fortunate to meet some amazing teachers. So I would invite folks to join that group at any point. Thank you. So you already pointed out the Delaware Math Coalition,
0: but I do want to ask Are there any additional resources you would like to point our listeners to who are interested in math, interested in engagement, or interested in your work in general?
1: Sure. So something I've been working on for the last few years is the idea of rough drafts and revising in math class. And that work did come out of a teacher study group with the Delaware Math Coalition. And it's culminated into a book called Rough Draft Math, Revising to Learn. And this is relevant to engagement because when we teach and work to engage our students, I think it's helpful to seek out strategies that Concurrently activate multiple dimensions of engagement at the same time. So, when I think about rough drafts and revising in math class, I think about we want to create a safe environment where students can share their thinking about math, even when they're not sure or their ideas are still in progress, and they may even be incomplete. So, we want to treat all mathematical thinking as a draft, as a work in progress. And then give students opportunities to collaborate and share those drafts with one another. Encourage students to try to understand each other's drafts. And then based on that, try and understand each other and share their own thinking. Give students time to revise their thinking. Because math tends to have this reputation that I need to get the right answer quickly or I don't know what I'm doing. But it's really the case when you're trying to understand anything new. It takes time and it's an iterative process. So rough drafting and revising can address multiple dimensions and the purpose would be for learning, but it can address multiple dimensions of engagement at once. Cognitive, the process of really working to understand something and revising those ideas. Affective or emotional engagement, creating a safe space where students can take risks and share their thinking and seek to understand each other. And then the social dimension of having that peer collaboration to keep revising our thinking. So it's one set of strategies, but we can achieve multiple goals at the same time. I would love it if teachers continue to develop and share strategies that really got at multiple dimensions of engagement. But rough draft math, we worked on this in the state of Delaware and states all over the country and even some countries outside of the United States are really invested in this and it's just an idea. And so teachers can contribute to the knowledge base of how to enact rough drafting and revising in math class by taking the idea and amending it to their context. You could do this no matter what your curriculum materials are. So I would say that's something else that I've had the opportunity to learn about from collaborating with Delaware math teachers. Thank you for asking.
0: Yes, thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else you want me to give you an opportunity to
1: talk about? Something else I'd like to add, Anna, is that I'm very grateful for the opportunity to collaborate with other researchers on the SMILES project. This project was from the National Science Foundation, and the principal investigator on the project is named Jim Middleton, and he works at Arizona State University. And there were a number of doctoral students at both the University of Delaware and Arizona State University that I'm really thankful for to have the opportunity to collaborate with on this project. And so the co authors of this paper, Secondary Math Teachers Descriptions of Student Engagement, were Kelly Curtis, who now works at the School Success Center at the University of Delaware, Amanda Mohamed Mirzai, who was a graduate student at the University of Delaware, and she now works at Manhattanville University outside of New York City, Kathy Cullicott, who is a graduate student at Arizona State University. And Ethan Smith is a graduate of the University of Delaware, who now works at Washington State University, Tri-Cities campus. So those folks, along with Jim Middleton, were co-authors of the study with me, and I'm really thankful for their collaboration on this work.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Mandy. We really appreciate having you on today's episode of the E4E podcast, and we will have the things that you mentioned linked in the description below. So again, thank you so much for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of E4E, brought to you by the University of Delaware Partnership for Public Education. For more information about the work being done by the Partnership for Public Education, please visit our website at www.udel.edu PPE.